are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your here are your This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entrance sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 140. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And uh, we are going to shore leave. We are going to shore leave. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Shore leave has been, it is our first convention that we did as a Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. Together, the first convention together that we did. It's kind of, it is the convention that kind of redefined the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast in a lot of ways. It did, and it's a chance for you, for you and I to get together with uh, several hundred of our, our, our good friends and uh, you know nerd out and talk sci-fi. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I hope John's there. John Frazier and there's Dayton, Dayton Ward won't be, but uh, they changed the times on this this year, so it's a little bit later in the year, so right. it kind of throws me off because I want to say, uh, right after the 4th of July, we're going to be at Shirley. Uh Not this year. No, not this year, and that's because – First weekend in August. Um, Comic-Con San Diego um, – Bumped up, right? Yeah, they bumped up and so – Try to avoid the big cons, right? So um, the, the folks at Shirley have, I think, made the right move as far as uh, changing the date. I agree. I agree. Well, the person that we got from Shirley that we are going to be interviewing tonight has been on the show. He's probably the most interviewed person we've done in the show. Right. Close. Mm-hmm. Close. Uh, it is Mr. Michael Schilling. He's head of publicity and the man behind the scenes at Shirley. When you go to Shirley, you typically don't see him because he's busy. <laughs> right. Uh, I, mean, that, that, I mean, you don't see him, but you got to thank him because – it's him and the many. The con bomb. would not be there without him, or at least in part. Right, he's making that con run like a smooth, like a smooth running machine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what was interesting. You didn't get a chance to sit in on the interview because of when the interview occurred, Miles. But mm-hmm. what was great about this interview this year is that we took and said, "What? Why come not just to Shirley, but why go to a con at all?" Right. So it's an interesting question because we often talk about the cons, but the why, what makes you go to a con? Mm-hmm. And um, and then we did obviously talk shore leave and, 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 and what makes shore leave what it is, what we had to look forward to this year and some great guests, mm-hmm. great guests. And, and so you'll hear that interview. I think we talked maybe 40 minutes or so. Oh, good. So, so last year we gave you, I think, some behind-the-scenes looks of shore leave, and this year we're kind of saying, why, why, co- why go to a convention at all? Because I can guarantee you that some of our listeners don't go to conventions. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, just it just never occurred to them, or just like, well, maybe, you know, that, it's yeah. just, you know. Oh, do I need to dress up? You know, do I have to break out my Spock ears in public? Right. You know? Yeah, and, and let me tell you, Miles, I, you never dressed up for a convention. I've never dressed up for a convention. Um, I've toyed around with it, you know. Maybe the last couple of years, you know, um, it wouldn't be much of a stretch to dress up as an observer. Oh no, definitely not. Right. Definitely not. That w- that would actually be real cool. Right. Um, you should do that. Shortly of this year. I'm thinking. about You it. need a black suit. I have a black suit. Oh, well, I, just, I, just have to, I just have to get a black fedora. Oh well, that's I have a black fedora. Okay. I bet I can. I bet I can hook you up with that. So well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. We'll okay. Work on as long as you don't come out looking blues brothers. 
Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's already a guy that dressed up as one of the Blues Brothers. So, yeah, so he comes walking around the con, right? But mm-hmm. you know, if you listen to the uh, Sci-Fi Diner podcast, you know that we pull a lot of our interviews from these these shows, uh, from these conventions, and so uh, we'll be pulling more this year. I haven't lined up the interviews, but we have Kate Mulgrew, Lavar Burton, and many, and Ryan Robbins, and mm-hmm. many others. Uh, one of the one of the Go Go's is going to be there, right? Jane so, Wyland, yeah, yeah. So she's, she's going to be there. She does done voiceover work for some voices that you'll recognize and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's all. It's going to be a great con again, and again, it's a working con for us. We go there and we work our butts off. We do, but we do get to enjoy some of our time there. But uh, um, it's absolutely. But 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 Scott and I are working trying to get interviews with the guests, and yeah. so you can enjoy these interviews. Yep. So at the same place as Balticon Forty Six, it'll be nice to go to the old Marriott. I mean, yeah. see, see, see the ugly the old Marriott. Yep. <laughs> but no, very good. We hope you enjoy our interview with Mr. Michael Schilling, and uh, give us a chance. Uh, you're hearing this. We're releasing this a little bit early because you have early registration if you want to get registered before July 15th, I believe, and that gives you a discount on the registration. And going to a con, we know, is not the cheapest thing in the world, but is well worth your chance to get there. So, Chris and Charity, we want to see you there. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I believe that's about it. So, uh, we will see you on our July the 5th episode of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We have with us a man that has been probably almost the is in the contending at least to be the most reoccurring guest we've had in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We're speaking. With, <laughs> I'm honored. Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, let, we're, we're we're talking with Mr. Mike uh, Mr. Mike Schilling from Shore Leave, who's in publicity with Shore Leave, the Shore Leave convention that you know if you've been listening to us long enough that we've been a part of. We shared interviews from, and we reminisced about some of the times and the people we met there, and the awesome are all around time. And so, uh, one of the things, Mike, you may not be aware of it. Uh, you were one of our very first interviews on the Sci Fi Diner. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, back in episode 20, we're, we're encroaching upon episode 200. Um, I know we don't we don't have them labeled that way, but we've done over 200 episodes, and you were probably episode 20 for us. Well, that's great. Well, wow, 200 episodes, how the time does fly. Just like we, when we first started Shore Leave, I don't think anybody would have thought that at number 34, we still would be chugging along. Yeah, uh, and that and that, and that has to be amazing too. Thirty four years you've been doing shortly, and how many of those? You probably mentioned this in a prior interview, but how many of those have you been attending? I've been to every single one since number eight. Uh, that was when I first heard about it. Uh, Shirley Vade was back in 1986, I think it was. In fact, it was about the only year since the first one we weren't at the Marriott Hunt Valley Inn. So it was a bit of an unusual thing. That one was held in downtown Baltimore. But I first started going with number eight, and um, I've been pretty much a part in one way or the other of every single one since then. First is just uh, a helper, 
and then later on I helped with the video department, and then some years ago I was moved up to the publicity department. So I've always taken a, a small part in the convention, and I've always been very, very proud of my involvement with it. Awesome. Well, you know, we, we, we had you on, and we've talked about some of what, in the past we've talked about, what goes on behind the convention circuit? Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, how you go about lining up guests and all that. But one of the things that I thought might be interesting for our listeners out there is, especially those that don't attend conventions, and we have quite a few, for whatever reason, uh, don't go to conventions. The big question is, why conventions? I mean... I mean, why should someone come to a convention, or surely per se, or is the question along the lines of why do these conventions even exist? Well, maybe we should talk about maybe both of those. Those are very, those are very uh, both good questions. Uh, why don't we start with the broader one? Why do conventions exist? And then hmm. they exist. Why go to a convention? Okay. Well, I know that our time is limited. <laughs> Anybody who's heard my voice before knows I can ramble on for a bit. But obviously, these, uh, this sort of material is uh, very emotionally, very resonant to me. And I can, you know, go on quite a bit about it because it means so much to so many of us. But uh, why conventions? Well, um, science fiction conventions go all the way back, I believe, to at least the 1930s. So an idea of a social gathering for people who love science fiction and fantasy is certainly not a new idea. Um, when Star Trek conventions started in the early 70s, it was a great way for people to, to get together and share their love of this one particular show. Um, and I think that over the course of time, although society has certainly changed, um, you know, social mores have definitely changed. Um, they seem to change every year these days. Um, and, you know, the convention business changes right along with it. But a lot of it, I think, is the tradition of it. A lot of folks come to these conventions now because, let's face it, a lot of us longtime attendees, there's very few guests that we haven't already seen. A lot of us go for the, the sense of continuity of it, for the sense of knowing what we're going to, <clears throat> pardon me, um, sense of knowing what we're going to get when we get there. And perhaps above all, seeing friends. Friends and acquaintances that you might not otherwise see out in, quote-unquote, the, the real world. You might not see at other gatherings. And you look forward to seeing these people, friends and acquaintances, the way you would members of, of, of family, really, for that matter. Because you're used to seeing them down through the years. And this social setting is very, very comfortable for a great many people. It always has been for me. So even when you get past all the basic trappings of a convention, meeting guests, autographs, going through the dealer's room, going through the art show, attending a masquerade or a panel, what have you, you know, when you get down to it, as far as being a long-term attendee, then you, you realize that it's the people that you, you care about the most, and you love that continuity of looking forward to the convention every single year for your chance to see them. Now, as to the more narrow question, um, why shore leave? Well, shore leave is a little bit of a different animal than a lot of other science fiction conventions. I cannot say that I've been to that many in recent years in other parts of the country, um, pretty much a, a stay, you know, close to home kind of type. But um, about shore leave itself is what I like to tell people, and I, this isn't just me talking. I've other, had a lot of other people tell me this in passing, and that is shore leave has 
all the programming of a large professional convention, but it's a very intimate gathering. In other words, if you go to a, a big-time show, like a Worldcon or a DragonCon or any of those huge official Star Trek conventions that organizations like Creation runs and everything, um, you will get a huge crowd, okay, far bigger than we could ever handle. But when you have a big show like that, you lose a great deal of the personal aspect of it because you're squeezed in like veritably, you know, sardines in a can. But... So we have all the programming that a large convention will have, but surely this only designed to take a little over 1,500 to 1,700 people at a time. So you can have all these wonderful things to do and yet not be crowded in on all sides. To be able to walk through a room, to be able to talk to people, to be able to find a quiet corner somewhere and just talk to a group of friends or to meet new friends. So to sort of take a little riff on a... A next-gen episode, you have the best of both worlds. You have all the programming of a big show, but you have the intimacy of a smaller show. I mean, I won't pretend for a second that we're in the league of those really big conventions like Dragon Con or what have you. We're just not in that league. I mean, we don't pretend to be, nor do we really try to be. We don't have the, the size. We don't have the resources. But for what we have, it's something that we're very proud of, and if you ask any, ask any long-term shore leave attendee, that will tell you that that's part of our charm. We might not be the biggest, but we, you know, we're among the best. And to hear that from people, new attendees and old-time attendees alike, it makes all our work and all our effort worth it year to year. Mm. Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the things you mentioned that resonates with me, and I know that Miles and I have commented on in the past, is how accessible guests are you aren't uh, certainly you have your signing times where the line you know wraps around you know the building it feels like but there are a lot of times you can walk by these tables and strike up a, a two five ten minute conversation with you know kevin sorbo or edward james almost or whoever you have at the convention that year and and they have the time to talk to you that's right. That's something that we're extremely proud of. Now, I can't take the credit for that. That is the hard work of our guest relations department. They try to get people who, you know, may not always be the biggest names, although sometimes they certainly are. But we try to get the ones who are most fan-friendly, those who have a reputation in the fan community of not really minding doing the little things, not just signing an autograph and shoving a picture back at you, but to actually have interaction, to be able to shake your hand, you know, take the occasional picture, uh, take a question from the audience, maybe in some cases, you know, uh, attend an event during the weekend or help to judge a costume contest. These things are extremely important to us. If that guest star doesn't want to do that, then we don't care how big their name is. We don't want them. So that is generally our reputation, and that's, that's hard people and guest relations working behind the scenes to try to sign guest stars who have that, that reputation. And it, you know, and it also very much softens the, um, you know, the, the way people approach the convention. As far as instead of you know feeling, oh, these people, they're stars and they're way above me. When you go to a show like this, and you might go say to the uh, one of the restaurants inside the hotel, and you might see one of these people that you've seen on TV for years sitting literally at a table next to you, with family say, hey, they're just people too, you know. Yeah, you know, they're, they're just regular folks earning a living. They just happen to act for a living. 
and that also makes it a more relaxing, you know, experience. And it's it's a very special thing. It gives you a good feeling. It's like you're in this, um, you know, little area with these folks, and you can you can relate to them. But yeah, as far as talking to them, a lot of that is timing too. You yeah. know, if there's a long line, there's not going to be much talking. But no. sometimes during the course of the weekend, you can literally just talk to these folks. Um, I had a similar situation with a wonderful veteran character actor by the name of uh, W. Morgan Shepard, who has been in several Star Trek productions. He's one of those character actors, name a show, he's been in it, okay? And uh, he didn't have anybody in line in front of him at the time, and I think I literally talked to him for 10, 15 minutes straight, asking him about, you know, different directors, different writers appearing in this film, appearing in that film. And it felt wonderful. I mean, yes, it's great to get an autograph, which takes, what, 10, 15 seconds? But to actually be able to talk to these folks for a moment is uh, is a wonderful feeling. It definitely enriches the convention experience. Yeah, I know one of the incidents, one of the memories that I have of Shirley was uh, the World Cup was going on the one year when Shirley was going on. And Edward James Olmos and... Uh, mm-hmm. And Katie Sackhoff were up in the bar, you know, rooting in their I team up among all these fans uh, that are that are up there with them. And you know, oh, he that, wouldn't miss it. He, everybody was going crazy. I wasn't in the bar at the time, but I heard all about it. I know oh, what you're talking about. Yeah, you it know, was quite a communal experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think that I think that's what makes again uh, makes it makes this con maybe a little bit different. You you have this accessibility that you wouldn't have. At a Dragon Con, or you you may not have at a San Diego Comic Con, but but you might get right. when you have a con that there's only a couple thousand and people there. That's exactly right, Scott. There's a um, there's a connection there which is very very special, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form all you Dragon Con and Comic Con fans out there. I'm not putting these other shows down. Oh, absolutely we have nothing not. But the deepest respect for them. In fact, we moved Shore Leave this year out of our normal time slot. You know, so as not to compete with Comic-Con. We were always at the second week of July for 30-some years, and now we're in the beginning of August, so not had that competition. So we have nothing but the deepest respect for our more veteran, larger brethren in the convention, you know, industry. But I'm just saying that Shore Leave is, is different. Oh, and yeah. another point I wanted to bring up was, I know this is a family show, but there have been other guest stars who, whose names I will not bring up, but, you know, you can probably figure it out, who have been known to enjoy a few, shall we say, adult beverages. And uh, they've met with you know, folks in the in the bar, you know, during the course of the convention to uh, to be social and everything. So uh, that those are other stories from from past years. Those uh, guests, Star Trek and not, who enjoy uh, a beverage of that type, you know. So um, so there, there's always been stories about this, you know. Oh, did you see what this actor did? Did you see where that actor wanted to go and all that sort of thing? And even if it's not your cup of tea, you can always say, well. Just people too, and we had fun together, you know, and it, you know, drew the the fans and the actor closer together. These are all things that I'm extremely proud of. No, oh, yeah, and absolutely. I think we kind of danced around the question, Mike, a little bit. For for a person that doesn't has never been to a con before, why why come? Why even attend a con? I mean, we kind of developed, we kind of talked about some of the things that make cons meaningful to us, but maybe we can answer that question a little bit. Okay. What I would say to folks who've heard of conventions and never can quite bring themselves to do it is give it a chance. Give it one chance. Don't invest, because I know the, the ticket prices are sometimes, especially in this economy, rather pricey. I won't deny it. But 
What I would tell folks is give it one try. Come, come on a Saturday. Come when it's a little less crowded, in fact, a lot less crowded, on a Sunday. Come on Sunday when there's, when there's less activity and everything. I will almost guarantee you that you will find something to occupy yourself, you know, your, your spirit, your mind, and, every, you know, and everything else. You're, you're going to find some to engage your imagination, and you may find yourself enjoying it despite yourself. Mm. People might have told you for years, oh, that's only for geeks and goofballs and people who have no life, to paraphrase William Shatner <laughs> in that you know, famous book, in that famous Saturday Night Live sketch. So people might have been telling you that, but if you actually give it a try, you might actually find yourself liking it a lot more than you think because um like i've mentioned on before that there are so many different things to do especially saturday i mean yeah throughout the weekend but especially on saturday there are anywhere from eight to as many as 12 or 13 what are called tracks of programming happening at exactly the same time especially on saturday you've got the guest q and a's going on there are fan panel discussions going on there are scientists giving their talks the gaming room is always open. The video rooms are open. Uh, there are workshops going on. Uh, the art show is going on. Um, you know, geez, uh, a, 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 um, art, a artist might be talking about their work in one room. A professional writer might be doing a reading of their work in another room. So you are going to find something to do. Some folks are into purely the guest and autograph experience. That's fine. Other folks, they just want to improve their memorabilia collection. They hang out in the dealer's room. Some folks like to take part in fan panel discussions, a particular favorite of mine. Um, some folks just don't necessarily want to do any of that. They just want to meet up with old friends in the bar in a restaurant somewhere or hang around outside if the weather's nice and just talk to people they haven't seen in a prolonged time. There is always something going on all the interest and so that's what i would would say give it a try one day even just for a couple hours to see what it's like and you might find yourself saying hey that's not so bad you know these folks and i have a lot more in common than i thought i think i might just try it again next year right i mean you know i'm looking at the prices now if they want to come on a friday that's friday is like thirty dollars sunday's forty dollars that's that's like dinner and a movie almost Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the most expensive day, obviously, is Saturday because the most things are, are going on. I mean, the best deal, of course, is to get a full weekend. But for those who aren't sure that they're going to like it, yeah, they just might want to invest in a single-day membership. But yeah, that's, that's what, what, I, that's I, what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking that it's folks on the fence. If you're just trying it, you know, you can do this, and it doesn't have to cost you an arm or leg. You don't have to mortgage a house to do it. You know. Right. I mean, yes, there's dealers' rooms and everything, and there are workshops that these you don't have to you know purchase any of these things if you don't want to. Right. Just um, you know, get a membership for for a single day and and try it, and you might find yourself actively enjoying it because, like going to a say a film experience, especially a, a comedy film or a horror film where audience participation is key to enjoying it. You find yourself in one of these rooms uh, full of people who are laughing or singing or or carrying on in general about a certain topic you might find yourself getting caught up in it you don't necessarily have to get dressed i've had people tell me you know don't you get dressed up in uniform don't everybody have to get dressed i, I don't know how to get into one of those uniforms saying no you don't have to you know some folks literally that's all they work on all year long is to get their proper you know costume for the masquerade and you know folks are 
constantly amazed at the kind of things people come up with year to year. Yeah, but that's only it. one small part of it. A very small percentage of the attendees actually do that. So you don't really have to do anything like that. You know, the point is to have the, the option. The point is right. to have choices. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we, we, we should talk before we run out of time here. We, should, we need to talk about what Shore Leaves bringing to the table this year. You guys have all always brought some, some, some high powered act, actors, but we also have scientists and artists. Tell us a little bit about some of the guests that you're bringing to Shore Leave that might, that might bring some people out. Well, I'm telling you, we are extremely thrilled with our guest cast this year. Um, I don't want to make anybody feel old because I've been through that before. But as you know, this is the 25th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation already. I can clearly remember watching the pilot episode with my family, you know, when I was younger and 25 years have gone by. Also, this is the 30th anniversary of The Wrath of Khan, still to me and to a lot of people actually still the best film. So it seems like every year, come surely, there's some kind of a anniversary to celebrate. And we try to tie into that best we can. Now, this year's uh, guest stars are headlined by two major names, Mr. LeVar Burton, Jordy himself from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, he was here once before, but that was, oh, I would say, about 20 years ago. So it's been quite some time since we've seen him. A brilliant man, a very well-spoken man, an extremely kind man, very well-educated. I'm sure he's going to be extremely popular. I'm very much looking forward to seeing him. And our other major name, Kate Mulgrew. Yep, Captain Janeway from Voyager. Uh, my first recollection of having a, a captain at Shirley before. Usually the captains are pretty much reserved for the large professional conventions. <clears throat> you know, your, your Dragon Cons and your World Cons and that huge convention I heard they just had overseas and everything. I believe there was, you know, you know, one up in Canada, for example. And then they have so usually, yeah. you know, we're not exactly, you know, in that market to be able to do that sort of thing. So to get a name that big in the Star Trek universe is a tremendous thing for us. So we're extremely excited. Um, besides those two, our other great names this year are Ryan Robbins, who's been in Sanctuary. He's been in Falling Skies. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry about that. Um, Stargate Atlantis. So he'll be very popular. A very lovely young actress by the name of Musetta Vander is joining us, and she's a character actress who's been in a great many different science fiction and fantasy shows like Stargate, Xena, she was in Voyager, she was in Buffy. Um, let's see here. We also have, let me see here, we added Thomas Decker just recently. Thomas Decker is a very um, very popular young man, very popular young actor young actor um he's best known for the secret circle and you remember a show called uh sarah connor chronicles absolutely you know and he was very popular in that and it's a shame that show didn't last very long because it was very well received so i'm sure he'll, br he'll bring a lot of young people in and uh, we all said this is a little bit different for shore leave uh, miss jane weedler does that name ring a bell with you no, I mean I'm looking at it right now, the the, the write up. So I, I I see that she does voice acting primarily, and you, so you might recognize right. the voice before you recognize the name. Right. You see, the the folks of of our age you probably remember the girl band, the Go Go's, back in the '80s. She was one of the primary, um, you know, members of that famous '80s girl group. They figure, well, what is she doing at Shirley? Well, since that band broke up some years ago, she has done quite a bit of acting, including an awful lot of voice work. 
okay? She's done everything from uh, a bit part in Star Trek IV. Um, she was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, and she, But she's done a lot of voice work, including stuff for Scooby-Doo, Pinky and the Brain, for example. And I believe uh, she may be doing some uh, some singing for us. Perhaps she could be persuaded to do some singing during the course of the weekend. Mm. So well, that will be a very uh, different kind of a guest for us. But she has had her hands in the Star Trek universe on and off over the years. And we just recently added uh, one more guest. That announced his name, Vic Mignogna. Okay, M-I-G-N-O-G-N-A. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. I'm glad you pronounced it. <laughs> But uh, but this gentleman here uh, has created a brand new Star Trek web series, and I don't have the precise title written down in front of me right now. But it's a brand new Star Trek web series, and he is he is uh, one of the movers and shakers with that series, and he is going to bring this brand new series down and show it at Chorley. I know it's totally off topic, but one of the things that we have as part of our programming tracks is what we what we now call the Shirley Alternative Film Festival, not just the video room. And what that means by Alternative Film Festival is um, basically fan-made films. Everything from a teenager shooting in his garage all the way up to the major productions of the Starship Farragut and Star Trek New Voyages Phase 2 and everything in between. And we scour all over looking for these various films. And all the ones who agree to have their completed work show it shortly, we schedule throughout the weekend. Another big favorite of mine because I rarely get a chance to see them in those formats. And surely it's one of the places where I can, you know, see the latest work of the, the Farragut or the Starship Exeter or, or Phase 2 or any of these web series that are, that are so popular right now. I've always been so fascinated with the fact to, again, ripping off Spock a little bit there, by the fact that whenever Paramount throughout these last 30 or, you know, 40 years has denied us our Star Trek fix, so to speak, fans have always been able to create their own, you know, and I'm sure you've noticed that as well, you know, even going all the way back to the 70s, to the days of the, you know, oh, what are they, they call them, the, those old, um, magazines that people used to to do and everything the, right. the handmade uh, stories and all right right um but uh that that goes back you know a, a long ways to people literally making their own adventures and as the technology became available people started shooting their own episodes with varying degrees of professionalism so uh so he will be coming to um, show one of those as well. But though that is our guest list this year and besides that of course we have our usual bevy of of scientists and writers as well, you know, far too many for me to name one by one, in, right. you know, in this case, but they're all listed on the website. There's, wow, like 30 or 40 of them. That's why we have what's called Meet the Pros on Friday night. Meet the Pros is basically where uh, the, most of the scientists and almost all the writers will sit at a table and have a chance to talk with folks, sign their books you know, and, and just get to know their readers and everything, where you can just, you know, sit down and talk to these, these various writers and scientists in the main ballroom on Friday night. You know, it's one of the, another unique thing about, about Shirley. I think that's one of the things that people need to understand when they come to Shirley. It's not, and we, we touted some big guests here as far as big names, but if you are not 
into a lot of like TV watching, but you're more into the literary aspect of science fiction. You guys do a good job of bringing people that have dabbled in everything from comics into novels to short stories. And if you're into finding out more of the hard science behind science fiction and stuff, you have some scientists that, that are there to kind of answer questions as well. And I think that that gives a well-rounded uh, base for shore leave. That's very true. Again, it's I cannot speak to other uh, conventions around the country, but I know that um, one thing that makes us, like you just said, uh, quite different than a lot of other conventions of our type is the fact that we're not just into science fiction, we're into science fact. Uh, we bring in um, scientists from down towards uh, Hubble and, and Goddard and everything, and they come and speak about the latest in science fact. You know, what's, you know, been happening with the latest missions, what's been discovered. People who literally will camp out outside the hotel with these giant um, telescopes, you know. In fact, we have stargazing on Friday and Saturday night out in the tennis courts unless it's pouring down rain. It's been something that's been going on for like 20 years now. It's just one of those little tiny little traditions. It's not a big part of the convention. Just one of those little extra things that if you have an interest in that, you can take part in that, and things like that are generally free. Um, so for those who are actually interested in science and not just you know science fiction and fantasy, that element is there too. And yes, about the writers, I mean, we don't pursue it the way you know, Worldcon does or anything, or even Balticon, for example, because some conventions are very heavy, heavily geared towards, you know, the, the literary. But we do have that element there, and uh, that way, if that's something that you have that sort of interest in, where you do a great deal of reading, you can satisfy your curiosity there as well, <clears throat> because, you know, a very high percentage of the writers who are up and down the East Coast, a great many live, say, up towards New York, for example. It's very easy for them to, you know, get in their car or hop on a, a quick plane or a quick train and come on down here for, for shore leave. That's why we have so many every year. Uh, just another way of us sort of covering, you know, bases as, as best we can, having a little something for everybody. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, we are running out of time here. Before we go, tell us again when and where Shore Leave is. Okay. Shore Leave 34 is, like I say, in a different time this year. We're on the weekend of August 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the first weekend of August 2012 at the Marriott Hunt Valley Inn, Hunt Valley, Hunt Valley Marriott. The address of the hotel is 245 Shalawan Road, Hunt Valley, Maryland, 21031. Uh, let's see. Uh, to find out more about Shore Leave itself, the best thing I would say to do is to get on our website. That's www.shore, S-H-O-R-E, dash, be sure to put that dash in there, L-E-A-V-E, shore-leave.com. Now, we do have a telephone um, line. I'm not sure how much information you can get on that compared to getting on the website, but for those who are inclined, I believe that the um, telephone number is 410-701-0669. 410-701-0669. So using those two formats, you'll be able to find out all you really need to know about Shorely this year. And what I would recommend, if you're interested in going, uh, pre-registration cuts off July 15th. But, of course, registration is available for slightly more at the door. If you're going to come, though, you know, that way, try to come early in the morning because that lie can get pretty long, especially on Saturday. Okay. 
So, uh, but just keep checking the website because as the convention gets closed, more and more will be posted. You know, any changes in the guest lineup or, you know, as it gets to the last week, the schedule will be posted a couple of days ahead of time so you can sort of plan out your weekend. I don't know if you do that, Scott, but that's something that I, I like to do. I like to get my hands on that schedule as quickly as possible, and I literally will plan out the entire weekend, just circle a whole bunch of stuff. And unfortunately, on Saturday especially, there will be like three, four things happening at the same time. I go, oh, man, yeah. you know, all of a sudden I really, yep. really want to clone myself. I really want to do these two things at the same time. Now what am I going to do? Right. I'm going to spend 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, you know, and you literally can plan out your entire weekend ahead of time. So I would I would recommend that as well. That way you don't miss miss things without really, you know, without meaning to. So Yeah. Well, you know, and, yeah. That's, and, that's, and, that's, and that's very true. I mean, that schedule really doesn't come out till the week of, and even then by the time you get to shore leave, there are some things that have changed, but... I love getting my schedule. Miles and I sit down and say, oh, we're going to go here, here. Well, we can't both be here. You go here, I'll go here. That sort of thing. So So like I mentioned before, Scott, um, before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you would like to mention to our our listeners out there that you might be able to tell them about Shore Leave that perhaps I haven't covered today? Well, I do want to say that Shore Leave was my very first convention. And we've been to a couple others since. um, And... I because it was my first convention. There's something about coming back to the place you had your first convention at, and <laughs> and we have met some really really good folks there. Not only the guests, we've had some phenomenal times and some pho- phenomenal experiences with the guests, of, as we shared with you. But it's more than that for us now, at least. Uh, you know, we've developed friendships. It, you mentioned this earlier, Mike, that one of the reasons people come back is for the friendships. And each year I go back to see some of the people that we've gotten to know over the years, people that we interact with on Twitter or we'll interact with on Facebook but don't really see in person except for the cons. And we might even talk to them on Skype, but it's just not the same as you know going out to dinner with them or hanging out with them or just chatting with them. Um, I know one of the things that was phenomenal, I think it was last year, where um, Shirley had this young lady that dressed up as a wolf. Do you remember, <laughs> do you, do you remember that? Was that last year that happened? Or was that two years ago? I think it, it may have been. I think I know who you mean. Yeah. So it was a, uh, some phenomenal costuming that went on. And, and if you do need to get away, because it does – sometimes when the crowds are there, it gets to be a bit much. There's places just to kind of – you get away and just kind of relax, mm-hmm. and it's um, and there's always these panels that you, the panels are very interactive most times, where you're interacting with the people up front, um, and you can talk about your your favorite shows. You know, Mike, one of my favorite experiences from Shore Leave, and one of the reasons I go back is I think Christopher Heyerdahl may have been there my very first year, and what impressed me about Christopher is that he didn't just stay at his table, although obviously they're at their tables to sell autographs and do like that because one of the ways they make the money. But uh, Christopher Heyerdahl went and sat in on some of the panels like on Sanctuary and on, on Stargate and he interacted that way. So, Yep, and that's something, again, that, like I say, I can't speak for every convention, but the ones that I've, I've gone to generally, um, they tend to stay at their table most of the time. And there's really nothing else really to do besides, you know, get autographs or go through the, the dealer's room. And if it works for them, fine. But 
you know, we like to have that, that social setting. Um, in fact, that kind of ties in with how that particular hotel advertises itself because the Hunt Valley Inn is literally in the northern suburbs of Baltimore. I mean, if you look around it, all on one side, it's surrounded by trees, and it looks like you're out in the country, so you've got that more relaxed kind of atmosphere, that softer vibe to it and all. But you are literally just a few miles away from a major part of the city. So if someone had a full weekend and was traveling or something, they could very easily shoot down I-83 right down into the city, drive all the way down 95 into D.C. if they want to. I've had many, many guest stars say that they've literally chosen to take that weekend and just sightsee, for example, if the weather isn't too horrible. Of course, that time of the year tends to be rather brutally hot and humid. That's just your typical Baltimore summer. But um, that that's all part of it. So... Yep. Again, the, the hotel and the convention itself all work off that same vibe. You have all these different things to do, yet you're never too far away from just being able to find a quiet corner and just breathe and talk to somebody. Yeah. So, uh, again, the, that's another very special special part of it that adds to the whole social experience of it. Yeah, I was going to say, there's really no reason why, if you're going down with family, you can't make this into an extended trip beyond the shore leave. Exactly. I do know several people along the uh, eastern seaboard that literally will say, in fact, this move of date has hurt them a little bit because they always timed their vacations out for mid-July to come to shore leave, and now we're in August. So that did throw some folks off. But I hope folks understand that it was very necessary. But uh, people literally will schedule their work time off around the convention and that gives them time to not just buzz in and buzz back out on the plane like a lot of our guest stars have to you know they can sort of take it easy they can ease into the convention they can take more time to to visit and to to sightsee and just make the convention uh just a part of their week and not everything so that way there's something to be said for that so uh like i say you know i can talk about the convention you know, to um, blue and green in the face. But the nicest words we can get from anybody regarding the convention after all these years are the things that you have said and things that so many others over the years have, have said about us. The, the simple word of mouth from people who've just come for a year or two or people who've come for 34 years, you yeah. know, without fail. Absolutely. You know? Be- and uh, it makes us feel very, very good because, like I've said many times, we don't get paid for this. Everybody who works there are volunteers. Everybody from the guy who stands, you know, right by the door to check badges all the way up to the con chair and everybody in between. We're all volunteers. We do this because we, we love Star Trek. Some of us for are, you know, fairly new to it. Others have been who go back to the earliest days. Um, we do it because we, we love the show and all science fiction. We love the people that we've met, the friendships we've made because of it. Um, um, and, and there you go. That's what all ties into why we do this and why hearing such kind words means so much to all of us. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us here in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. What, real quickly before we exit, can you tell people again the website where they can find uh, more information about Shore Leave? Okay. Uh, our official website is shoreleave.com, www.shore dash, be sure to put that little dash in there, L-E-A-V-E dot com. Like the name of the uh, the classic 
you know, original series episode, which right. is actually what we're named off of. Right. For those of you who may be joining us for the first or second time, maybe wonder where you get that name from. Well, it literally is taken from the uh, classic episode of that name. In fact, our mascot, and you will see it all around our registration tables and everything, is the Shoreleaf Bunny. In fact, we actually give a Shirley Bunny to every guest star who joins us for the first time when they're done their last talk for the weekend. You know, that's part of one of the little traditions of Shoreleaf. And all the guest stars who've gotten it have always gotten quite a big chuckle about it, too. <clears throat> They've always loved it. It's just one of our little traditions because it's the, the Shoreleaf Bunny and that, that is our mascot. In fact, we sell little tiny bunnies, you know, over at one of the tables and everything is a fundraising thing. So that's where we got our name, in case anybody out there were wondering, you know, what the convention is named after. There you go. Well, thanks again, Mike, for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you again at Shore Leave this year. Looking forward to seeing you as well. I just hope that the weather cooperates. It's been so back and forth, but hopefully we'll have some nice weather, and everybody will be with us. I'm looking forward to having a very, very special show this year, particularly with these wonderful guest stars that we've got this year. I hope to see all of you Sci-Fi Donner folks out there. Be sure to come by and say hello. 